Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. Please take a second to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You won't want to miss our next few episodes, featuring discussions with Eugene Jarecki on The King and Rob Reiner on Shock and Awe. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director John M. Chu's new romantic comedy, Crazy Rich Asians. Adapted from the best-selling novel by Kevin Kwan, the film tells the story of Rachel, an American-born Chinese economics professor who travels to Singapore to accompany her boyfriend Nick to his best friend's wedding. She soon discovers that Nick has been keeping a secret. He's from a family so wealthy that he's considered one of the most eligible bachelors in Asia, which puts a target on Rachel's back as she meets his family and attempts to navigate his ultra-rarefied social class. In addition to Crazy Rich Asians, which is the first non-period studio picture in over 25 years to feature an all-Asian cast, Mr. Chu's directorial credits also include the feature films Step Up to the Streets, G.I. Joe Retaliation, Gem and the Holograms, and Now You See Me Too, the feature documentary Justin Bieber Never Say Never, and episodes of the television series The LXD, The Legion of Extraordinary Dancers. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Chu spoke with director John Turtletaub about filming Crazy Rich Asians. During their discussion, Mr. Chu talks about why Rachel's journey of self-identity spoke to him, the reasons he fought to include the song Yellow by Coldplay, and how the experience of shooting the movie reminded him of shooting his first feature film. Don't make me cry. Wow. What's it like to have people like one of your movies? <laughs> it's weird. This is what Lin-Manuel Miranda feels like every day. Every day. Gee. Every day. Well, I mean, wow, it was embarrassing to go meet a guy backstage and be crying. Um, I just need a minute. Um, really... Uh, I mean, you can tell, and it's been this way for you since previews, I'm assuming, and uh, it's been an amazing ride, and then, of course, what that means is everyone gets your expectations up that, oh, this is going to be the biggest movie ever uh, of the year, and then you have opening weekend, which we're in the middle of, and you're going through all that excitement and craziness. Um, How do you genuinely feel... Now, are you floating? Are you honestly going, eh, it could have made five million more? <laughs> Where's John Chu right now? Uh, well, I'm very sick. It happened this morning. Uh, it yeah, just but that's because you finally in. let I down. Know, I think so. I don't know. I woke up and I couldn't talk. Um, and uh, it's just, I, I have cried so much in the last two weeks. I don't, I'm, I have to hydrate myself constantly. Um, the amount of, stories I read. I'm like obsessed with just reading people's stories of, of what this means to them or what. And, and these are things I did not expect at all. I mean, I did, the, I knew it would be fun movie. I knew we could, we could have a really entertaining film. The other side to it, what people feel. And I thought I was the only one who really wanted to see this on, on the big screen, but, um, to feel that is, um, is everything. It, it, it changes my whole brain. Weird, honest question that's hard to answer, maybe. 
what would mean what means more to you? Somebody saying, Wow, I saw your movie, you touched me, changed my life. I don't get to see me on screen. Or a, a member of the Directors Guild saying, superb directing, you made a good movie. Forget the rest of that nonsense. <laughs> you did a freaking great job. Uh, <laughs> thank you. How do you balance all that? Where, where does it all fit in? I mean, I... Um I don't know. I had I did a movie a couple of years ago that didn't make a lot of money at all. I think it was the lowest ever, um, and I had I'm guessing that was Gem. It was Gem and the Holograms, which I love the movie. People don't love it. I love it. Yeah, but whatever. you changed holograms forever. I just, <laughs> can I just say they could people could see them. They've finally. never seen see themselves. Them, see them on the big. It's right. true. Uh, <laughs> I um, so I, at that point I had to decide why I make movies, and I had to figure out. Is it for the box office? Is it for the reviews? Is it for all the stuff that like smacks you in the face um, that Friday night when you know what's happening? Um, and uh, I decided that I, it's I'm not a people ask me all the time like what what's the movie that you want to make that you know you've done like what's the one movie? And I don't know that answer because I don't have that relationship with films. I did it when I was you know ten years old. I was the youngest of five kids. I did it because. Uh, I, I had to hold the camera and I, and I just filmed things. And then when I cut it together, I got this little sharper image mixer and I cut something together and I showed it to my parents and they cried. And I remember thinking this is the first time, like as one of five kids, the youngest, I was heard. Um, and I could, I wasn't, I played all these instruments. I wasn't very good at any of them. I took tap classes. I was not very good at that. I drew a lot, was not very good. But for some reason, when I had all of that together, I could like speak through this little editing machine. Um, and so it was like breathing. And so I know that it's not whether I'm getting paid for it or not, I'm going to be making things. Um, and so, and I, and I, and I don't know where in my life or what I'm doing at that moment that makes me want to tell that story at that moment. Um, but that's what I have to, that's the only thing I can follow. It's the only thing that I can do to like survive. So for this one, it was in, the, in, in a very similar case. I felt like I needed to find something that scared me. I'd been in the business for a while now. You were there from the very beginning. Um, and, um, and I just needed something to wake myself up a little bit. Like, what am I contributing to this medium that I love so much? And, um, and my friend, <laughs> uh, bless her heart, she said to me, John, you have the best life because you're like, you're, you're like ish. What does that mean? She's like, you're like, you make a lot, you like movies and they're, they make a lot of money and they're, they're popular ish. And like, they're really, you're like, you're like known, but not really famous. You're like famous ish. And they're like, it's the best. Cause you like, like you're, you, you make money or like right in under the radar. You, it's great. And I was like, I think that's really offensive actually. <laughs> And it kind of got in my head. I'm like, yeah, what am I actually doing? And I've loved all my movies. I put all myself into these movies and uh, sequels, franchises. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I, and, and I did that as a process for myself. Um, but then I, I realized, I, what, did, what was I contributing to this? Um, and I turned to the thing that was scariest to me that I'd never made. I'd made one student short about my cultural identity and I 
don't show that ever. It's too sensitive. It's too scary for me. I don't have all the answers. I don't know the answers. I feel like if I make something, Asian people look at me and are like, oh, you're, you're, you're so white when you make your movies. And then white people look at me and they're like, oh, you're so Asian. And there's so many things that get in your head. If you say one wrong thing, um, you feel like the worst person in the world and that you're uh, misrepresenting your family and where they come from. And so this is the last thing I really wanted, but I knew that it was something that would scare me. And, um, and I read uh, Crazy Rich Asians. My, my, my um, sister sent me the book and said, why aren't you doing this movie? Uh, and my mom sent me that and said the same thing. Um, <clears throat> my aunt and <laughs> all my Asian friends did. Uh, and, uh, and what I found in it, it wasn't the crazy rich stuff that interests me, all that stuff like I, I don't even care about. It was this Asian American girl going to Asia for the first time. That spoke to me. I remember that very vividly going at nine or 10 years old, going to Taiwan for the first time, feeling at home, feeling like people uh, treat you like their brother or their cousin. And you, I never, I was an all American, all California kid. So going there, surprised me that I felt this. Um, and then they call you something like Guaylo or something, which is like white devil. <sighs> and you're like, okay, I'm not, I don't think they see me as part of this either. And then you come back and then you feel like you have to choose. Um, and so you choose and you go forward. And, and so anyway, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about how Asian I was in a room where I was the only Asian person. So uh, this one just had this little inkling of a story um, that I tied everything onto. Rachel Chu wasn't even a romantic comedy of this girl getting the guy. It was just her finding her power, finding her self-worth through this journey that this dual cultural identity made her powerful and, and that she was worth it. Um, and so that that's really what drove uh, me to it. I feel that when, when I go to Nate and Al's. It's the same yeah. experience. I'm like, oh. By the way, uh, I have to really thank John. I mean, he had an incredible week this week. Uh, what a uh, movie. What a... Uh, and I put them on the list because I don't have a lot of director I, I, I friends. Tell this story. I, I, my movie <laughs> open. I had a movie open last week to a lot of money, more than I could have possibly dreamt. And on Monday, I get a call from the DGA saying, "Hey, you know, we do screenings and we do Q and As with directors. Um, would you be interested in coming in and interviewing John Chu?" <laughs> I was like, "Ah." Um, but the answer was yes, it's John Chu, and, and this is, you know, I, I'm going to say it's weird. I don't think what's, to me, what's so amazing is not that this is an important film, but that it's an excellent film, and that it's, I, I, I can't say, I don't know what it's doing for Asian and, and Asian Americans and all that. I know what it's doing for romantic comedies. I know what it's doing for romance. I know what it's doing for really good, fun, charming, well intention and big-hearted comedy filmmaking, okay? And it's hard what you did, okay? It is so underestimated how hard it is to give a film energy and humor and life like you did. Um, and you feel it right off the bat, and you're, you're a performer. You get it. The, the first frame of this movie starts with that music, and it's, it's telling the audience... If, if you don't like this music, just go now, <laughs> right? This is going to be fun, and I'm putting you in the mood, and here we go. And then you, I don't know who does or doesn't notice. I haven't read a ton of the press, but really, you end this movie with the song Yellow. <laughs> Did anyone get that? <laughs> really? Awesome. 
Yeah, it was. A, it it's was scary genius. To take that step, for sure. And has have people been picking up on it, or they're just they don't get it? It's sung in, in Mandarin. They don't know what the hell's I going think, on. <laughs> well, uh, we, we had a big debate about it. I wanted it for sure. I was like, this. I want to own that. I remember this song when I was growing up. I loved it. We've been. It's reowning this this term that is so ugly that was given. I don't know. To me, I'm, I have a very complicated relationship with this color, and um, but this song told all the beautiful things about this color, the, how it reflected the stars, this woman, this love that they had. And I remember seeing the music video in college. It's a wonder where the sun's coming up. It had everything that I felt was not about her getting a guy, but about her being proud of who she is, no matter what, and I know that was not the intention of the song in any sort of way, but um, that recontextualized idea I, I loved, and, um, and Warners had, were scared of it, um, and, um, and I said, yeah, that's the point, like, let's own it, I wanna own that, and if it was a white director, I don't know, if, I don't think you can do that, No, not but so I can. And uh, so I want to do it. And then a Coldplay uh, at first said no. And so I had to write a letter. Oh, they did? Yeah, they did say no. Um, Why? They didn't give a reason. I'm not quite sure. Because they hate Asian people? They hate Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wrote a letter. Uh, I, I saw it from Greta Gerwig. She wrote letters to Justin Timberlake to get her songs. And I loved those letters. And, um, I, and I loved the tenacity and, and like just connecting human to human. And so uh, it was a long shot, but I just wrote the letter. And uh, within a day, it was, it was okay. To, and what's go. really important, just I know it's DGA stuff. These are all DGA crowd, right? And <laughs> the people think, oh, music supervisors put music in movies. No, they don't. Directors put mu music in movies. And the music is so important to every, I mean, we just, the bookends of this music, so important, there's a ton of it in the movie. And I know as, a, as someone who's such, uh, has danced as such a part of your life and done dance movies, you're a music guy, right? Now, were you in the editing room always having your editor just put music on, put music on, put music on, or did you wait, 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 and hold back? Uh, it was both. I definitely had a, a list of songs that I had from the very beginning that I loved and were sort of inspiration for the style. Um, the Wu Wo uh, Yao Ni song um, was something that uh, a friend sent to me. It's from like the 60s, 50s, 60s. Uh, and um, it is, I, so I played it for my mom. I loved the song. I was like, oh my gosh, why haven't I heard this? And there was like a whole list of other songs in the same style. Um, it was so cool, so Swaggy, that's a Justin Bieber word, but really cool. And um, and so I, I brought it home, and I was like playing the tracks for my mom, and she freaked out. She knew all the words to all the songs, and she's like, this is what we used to dance to in China. We used to do the jitterbug to it. Like, her eyes lit up like I've never seen before, and she's like, where did you get this stuff? I said, Spotify, there's this app. You can just like <laughs> plug it in. It's really easy. So Not so easy with Chinese characters, though. Let me tell you, you it's really hard to find things. Um, and then, uh, and so that was the start of it. And then I thought it would be really fun to uh, use, um, use contemporary uh, American songs and, and, and have covers, Chinese covers, just to sort of bridge the gap. I thought that for, for me and my friends, it would be fun and, and it would sort of translate kind of who we were with this sort of remixed generation of cultures. Um, and that it didn't matter what they were necessarily saying, it was the energy and, what, and, and we were all the same in that. Right. Fantastic. Now, 
Has anyone said, oh, okay, well, nowadays, sure, they, ha- they got a, a romantic comedy, had to get an Asian director, or else they would have gotten in trouble, right? And, but has anyone said, yeah, well, why wasn't it a female director? Have you dealt with that at all? No, I think that's going to be next week. Next when week. Because they um, I, I would have been the guy they went to 15 years ago with this. Because mm-hmm. I'm actually Asian. You don't know. I'm cock Asian, <laughs> which is that's the a little that's a lower, yeah, crew, lower, but right, yeah. whole thing. But I mean, was did you ever feel like, oh, a woman should direct this? And if not, does it make you think, oh, well, then an Asian doesn't have to direct this? How did you have to work through all that? Were those conversations happening? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, while you're sleeping is my favorite romantic comedy. Aww. It got me through so much in college and never, I literally love that. And there's scenes in this when she's at the dumpling scene with the family and she's looking around. That's literally when I think of... Yeah, I noticed that. that. I noticed that. <laughs> I, I saw that. <laughs> I didn't do the push in with the, no, no, the, it's okay. the music. But um, uh, anyway, uh, so so yes, the, the uh, what was the question? I don't remember. Female director. Oh, female director. Yes. Um, uh, Yes and no. I knew immediately when I got on that I needed a female writer. Um, And the script at that point um, was very romantic comedy, not a lot of cultural specificity. Mm. And I felt like it was too safe, like it wasn't going for that. And and that was the part that I loved most about the book, that it translated most to me. So I want, I, I got Adele Lim, uh, who's a Malaysian-American writer, yes. Um, she is and so kick-ass. And I knew that she could bring those two elements. Um, we had Nina Jacobson, of course, um, on, on our team as well. Uh, and I did a lot of listening in those, in, in those things. We never fully had a direct conversation. I, I'm sure I thought of who is the best person to direct this. And because I felt so close to Rachel's story, I, I just forced them to hire me. So I didn't really. Well, if you're a director, you're supposed to feel you're the person to direct yeah, this movie. I, I, I yeah. mean, really, you're supposed to believe that. And look, you have an actress. Yeah. Right? That's, you count on them to bring the truth to those really. things as well. And, and, and that's what they don't talk about often is when you hire, you guys all know, but when you hire an actor, you're bringing their brain to the table and they're giving you things and you're discussing lines in their, um, so when you have Michelle Yeoh and Constance who, um, who understand this and think about this all the time, they, you can have some great debates of who gets to say what, when they get to say it and, um, and they elevate the material. Uh, Michelle from the very beginning said, if you want me to be just a villain, then I'm not going to do this movie. I can't do this movie. I can't go home if I do this movie. Uh, she's like, I'm going to defend our culture and what we believe to its fullest extent. And you defend the American side of it and the audience can decide what's best. And so she, even these little surgical ideas of, um, sort of, nudging her about the uh, the uh, of the dumplings and um those little things I, I came from her came from she wanted to have that complexity to her and it's and they're literally like one or two lines but completely paint a different picture of who she is well what you did so i thought beautifully is there's you presented every side of every issue at every point it was very hard to to pick the bad person, the mistake, the wrong point, yep. American, Chinese, male, female, all of this, um, and, and give it an honor each side of it. And that obviously is also in script. And from what you're saying, too, about putting in those um, details, 
it's the details that make things universal, I believe. And by finding all those details and pushing on those details, and I can see where, I guess, a first screenplay might have been, how do I make this general for everybody? And that's always the wrong way to go, Mm -hmm. right? If you get very specific, which which you really did. Now, one area that gets tricky, I know, is humor. I, my last film, we have, uh, Chinese actors speaking Mandarin and there's, and the thing they kept coming down on is, uh, yeah, that's funny for you. Chinese won't find that funny. Right. And now I'm watching this movie and I'm going, oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> right. Do the Chinese not find this funny? Do we know yet? I have no idea. We don't know. <laughs> I, I, Why do you hate I don't the Chinese? <laughs> I, I think they'll find it funny. I, 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 um, uh, we didn't have that issue only because one, we had to find uh, this was a Asian American perspective. Like this is full on through her point of view. Even Singapore, we present it through her perspective. Um, we can't present every aspect of Singapore. We can't present every aspect of being Asian. Even though it's called Crazy Rich Asian, that's the title of the book. That's the thing. Like our agenda wasn't to paint all. The, it, I think when when we talk about why doesn't paint do this part of Asia, why doesn't it do that part of Asia, it's it's unfair for one movie to try to do that, and right. um, and it's the, kind of the symptom of the problem, which is there's only one movie, so there needs to be more movies so we can paint the full picture and we can have more stories and better stories and more specific. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, a, a complicated, but but yeah, that's nice. But I do think I I do believe it'll be funny because I know from my pers- just being um, having. Chinese family members and and grandparents and aunts and uncles, um, knowing what they laugh at, knowing what they I th- I think these are the things that they uh, find true, and it also gives us as the younger generation. Well, I guess I'm not the younger generation, but the medium younger generation, um, <laughs> uh, sort of a way to paint the picture for them. So they see like we feel what you're saying about sacrifice and family. I'm capable of sacrifice, but I'm also capable of like going after my own dreams and hopes and being happy too. Like I have to, there is, it's not, you, you can't, you don't have to choose between one or the other. There is a medium ground of how you pick and choose what you sacrifice for. And, and her giving up that game, cause she, with that chip, she can win. And she knows that Eleanor can win. She gives the tile to her basically. And, um, and that's the sacrifice like, right. for someone that she loves. So the idea was always to paint both sides. And that's, again, that's what you're saying, both sides. And it is, they're both right. Yeah. Okay. This is a flaw possibly in America. And we know this is a big issue, in, certainly in China right now, which is self and ambition, right? Um, but when we say Asian, it's kind of a silly thing to say. You know, it makes more sense when you're talking about Asian Americans because they're thrown more into that sort of labeled soup. To, to compare Chinese to Korean to Japanese is like saying, uh, you know, Swedish, Italian, same thing, yeah. right? It, it, it's especially if you've eaten Swedish food. Um, it, did you, your background, your parents are? Chinese. Right. And and where in China? My mom's from Taiwan. My dad's from uh, mainland. Right. Because yeah. even that is crazy different. Right? Yeah. And can have a whole thing. And so 
Are, and the fact that they came to the States when they were 19, 20, old, 20 years old is very different than someone who stayed there. So correct. It's, it's very complicated. It's like when you say love. I mean, how many versions of love are there? So it, right. it's, it's um, and by, at least by our, by this perspective of going in, and I learned a lot making this movie, is meeting uh, Asians from London, Asian from right. Australia, Asian from all these places that, frankly, I didn't, I mean, I know they exist, I've met them, but I didn't really think about our, how our journeys may be parallel or different until you're sitting on set with them and talking about, the struggles of getting your story out there or right. how they, how they're treated here or there. And then Michelle Yeoh, who's like, Oh, I'm, I am the majority where I am. I get to do whatever the I want. So, uh, <laughs> so it was cool to have this shared experience and have, um, the way the audience reacts to seeing the movie when we were sitting there watching other actors perform, watching Aquafina be hilarious watching Ken Jong do his thing. She's so Ken watching, Jong, oh my god, oh, they're so good. Watching, um, watching Michelle just like pierce through with just her eyes and not even move, not move. Um, it, it, it was everyone there got chills. Everyone there experienced that every day. They would be crying almost every day of like, I can't believe we're doing it. One, I can't believe you're waiting for me for makeup because usually nobody waits for this or that for makeup or, or that we're gonna light us correctly, um, let alone having, yeah, it's, it's little, it's, it's, it's silly. I didn't even really think about it, but when you're there and you look in their eyes and they're truly appreciative of that, uh, it, it makes a big difference. When we talk about a scene um, and they're not scared of bringing up an issue because, and I think that's the importance of representation behind the camera and in front of the camera because we can bring this up. We can, uh, there's a really popular part of the book where she, um, where Rachel talks about why she doesn't date Asian men other than Nick. And, um, and it's funny in the book in context, it has like a bunch of stuff. I mean, the book has like 30 pages to be able to explain that. In the movie, it was like a one-liner. It was just, um, and I thought it was funny, maybe out of the context of the, the book. Um, and then it was like two weeks before shooting it, and Constance emails me in the middle of the night being like, I have a really weird feeling about this line. I don't feel like we should be doing this. We're trying to prop up Asian men and we're cutting them here. Um, and it took me a couple of days. It took me to read it over and over. I'm like, I think we're overthinking this. And then talking with Nina and bringing in the studio and really like debating it to finally be like, you know what? You're totally right. I don't know why I didn't see it. And this is how ingrained it is in our heads. This is how much we are okay with this because we've already been taught what's beautiful, what's okay, what's not okay. And so, so retraining your brain a little bit takes that conversation, a safe conversation that no one's saying you're an idiot, but everyone's just explaining where they come from. And then, and, and then empathy kicks in and you, and you see what you're delivering this to. A, I was, my, my wife was pregnant at the time. So you're thinking about who you're passing this on to. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's really important to have those discussions and figure it out. And again, learning as we're going. I, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I, I just have a feeling there's questions out there. And I, uh, yes. What was the line I cut? I, I, don't, I don't actually remember exactly the line. It was several lines. It was like a, I think we cut two different boyfriends that she has dated, Asian um, guys that she's dated and what, um, how they were. And so there was, goes through all the basic stereotypes, essentially. Um, and in the book, it's funny because they have many different ones. And I think in this one, it was only like we could only go to two or three. And it just felt like it just didn't feel right. So it's amazing, actually. Um, yes. 
Finding the story of finding Tyrosol Park. So Tyrosol Park is the big place that the uh, young family mansion is. So, so uh, in Singapore, there is a place that has that much room. Singapore is a small island, so there's really no room. So the fact that they have this room means it's extremely expensive. Um, there is a spot like that, but it's owned by like the Sultan of Johor or something. It's abandoned, and you sure, sure, of yeah, course, of it course. is. Yeah, I know. I know. So we have no access to that land. Uh, so we actually shot that in Malaysia, um, and we found um, this. This we went to a lot of different places, and we um, found this hotel that was had shut down since like 2012. Um, and uh, and so there was like monkey poo everywhere, bats in every room, and Nelson Coates, uh, our our amazing production designer, went in there. Yes, Nelson's uh, great. He, uh, with not a lot of money, we didn't make this movie for a ton of money. We had to be very uh, specific about what we wanted to make sure it looked great. And he um, he brought in some of the Peranican style of the region, and 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 uh, we wanted this sort of deco tropical style. It's what when I went there for the first time I was very surprised at. It felt uh, it felt like such a fresh uh, vibe that I hadn't seen before, um, and uh, and so yeah, so he, that's 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 what he did. We added, we we built that in the front. There's like a giant grass, and where the where the building with the flower is and the Tanhua flower is, uh, that was not there. That's completely built. Um, the, the the building with the flowers. One thing I noticed you did spend money on. I don't know if this this is always an argument in a movie. Extras, mm -hmm. you filled those parties. You yeah. filled that wedding. All yeah. right. Was that a fight? Was that an issue? Was that an argument? What did you have to give up to have that? Or they're just cheap in Singapore? I mean, <laughs> um, we you have I, to clothe them. You, I, yeah. mean, every, I mean, that's yeah, it's, it's really always hard. an oversight. It's the first sign of a low budget movie. Yeah, usually is like you have nine people at a yeah. at a yeah. wedding. It's true. It's true. You I know. had to fight. We had to you fight. Did. We I still, so. I, there are moments where I cringe because we just didn't have enough. Um, uh, especially, well, one, there's, uh, Malaysia looks different than Singapore, just the makeup of the people. So you have to, uh, you, you have to find those people, A, and one that want to actually be in the movie and two that, uh, can have this type of clothes that you want. Um, and, or you have to dress them all, which is whole, a whole thing. So, but we do, you know, the reason in, uh, we had some, we actually on that one day in Tyrosol Park when they're inside and we meet all the characters, a really important scene because we have so many different tones of all the different characters. Some are really broad, some are not, some are, so this scene sort of seemed them all together of how the, how the makeup of the movie felt when everyone's in one room. And I didn't really know how it feels. So the night before in this scene where the, she comes in from the kitchen, she goes out, and she walks along, we meet all the characters. It's like, I think it's like a two and a half minute one-er. Um, and so the night before I was like, I think if we do it in one, it'll really help us uh, to see everybody in space existing. Um, and so I got my water bottles out on the floor of my hotel room and I figured out where the camera was going to be at what point and what line, uh, which is really fun until you get there and you realize there's just not enough room for all. But we figured out, and it was so hot that day, all the air conditioners, uh, they run on fans with ice. Apparently they don't have the best air conditioners. So it was probably 95 in that room and everyone's in dresses and tuxedos and has to look great. It was hell on earth. It was probably the worst day of shooting. And this, you have a two and a half minute one-er. Um, so every, but everyone, uh, and this was the first time everyone was in the same room together. So everyone stepped up. 
all those actors were like getting their like knew they had to land their lines, otherwise people would groan and, and, and storm off. And then all the extras too. This is some of their first times. So telling them not to look at the lens, not to be creepy and just keep following where we were going. Which there were two people that we had to get out. Always. There was an old lady who fainted because it was so hot in there. So we had to be very it was like a lot. You're a terrible um, person. I, <laughs> really? It's fine. She survived. And 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 <laughs> I went over to her. I gave her water. We That's nice. Her Sent her home. <laughs> um, just okay. Now, did you cut that one or up? No, we did you not. Didn't. Hell no. I was. Uh, I made sure that we didn't. It's so good. Now, it, it, yeah, sure. Um, you you did have a variety of actors in this movie, as you said, and you're dealing. You're directing Michelle Yeoh, who I'm guessing you were a little intimidated by at any point. Yeah, for and, sure. And you She's don't, like my mom. Right. She literally oh. will stare at me like my mom. Wow. Tell me to get a haircut. Nice. Sure. Oh, okay. And Ken Jong, okay, who is like, he's like the least intimidating person in the world. The kindest person. He the, literally called me out of nowhere when this was announced and invited me. I never met him. He invited me to his set. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come in. I, he brings me in, and he has, like, Korean barbecue all laid out, and we're, like, eating together. And he's like, I want to support Asian-American filmmakers. Like, whatever you need for me, I'm there for you. You want money for me? I'm there. You want me to tweet about it? I'm there. You want me to have lines? I'm there. If you want me to not have anything and just like, leave you alone, I'm there. It was the most generous, um, just just sort of offer wow. of, of anyone. And... Um, and so it was, it was great to have that support. And, and that's across the board. So many people uh, did that to me throughout this process, from journalists who helped us get on covers and get uh, uh, things to make us news. The, the, everyone was out. What's really interesting, and, it's, and, and actors included, when you see them on the screen, it's like, where did these people come from? Because they are, they've been in the biz, they, they are seasoned. They know what they're doing. And the fact is they have been around. They just haven't had the forum to really show off what they totally. can do. So when you see them on, on, uh, on, on Ellen's show, on today's show, they're like pros. They know. And, and that has been uh, the best. And, and, and to see the journalists out there and bloggers who have been doing this for years and needed something to champion. Um, and this became that thing. And it was really cool to see everyone sort of come together uh, and, and make history with that. Right. And I know, like, you know, I look at the film and I, I, I feel like as an audience member, I'm being told, oh, this is important Asian movie, right? You got to really see. And then I'm taken into this world and I'm, you want me to see a world. The whole idea is come see a world you don't see in movies. Yeah. Right. So the detail and I'm looking at these details going, oh, my, that's interesting. Oh, look how they make the flower open up and they make dumplings like this. And there's the special dessert, made, all that stuff. It's like Star Wars, right? You're like, wow, what That's a crazy world this is. They're, there's people, and they're Asian, and they have makeup on and dresses. And you start to realize, wait a minute, I, there's nothing I'm seeing here that's new or, or crazy and special. And that dawned on me as the movie is going on. So at first, it's like, oh, planes. You know, it's like, and then... You start, it all just feels so at home. And there's a journey in that, which is sort of, I think, the journey of the story in the movie itself, right? She's coming to this crazy far off land. And, and it's all about breaking through people's facades and, and what you think people are. Yeah. Thank you, mom. And it is, 
you know, including, you know, your lead actor mm -hmm. who never told, you know, the, his character, he never told her who he was because he never wanted that facade. He was just a regular Joe in $1,600 outfits in yeah. New York City in a $900 shirt. Um, <laughs> oh, he was so handsome. It was crazy. Um, his voice is like butter. Oh, my God. You should God. do interviews with the guy. It sounds really? oh, so nasally around him. Oh, it's God. sad. And he's like English. My child loves him. Thinks it's like really? oh, it's horrible. Father. It was like sitting next to Cary Grant all day on the set. It was awful. I hate Henry Golding. Good. Also Jewish, by the way. People don't don't know that. Um, he changed it from Goldfarb. Um, what is a John Chu film? In other words. If I see G.I. Joe, do I go, that's so you? Or do I see this, I go, that's so... What's harder? What was harder for you? This was one of the easiest ones. I felt um, this was never in a movie to make some sort of statement in my mind. It was personal. It was scary. I knew that I wanted it. I knew my friends would want to see this. I knew my family would love to see something like this. Um, I did not think uh, it was going to have some sort of cultural impact in that way. I, I mean, I knew like what it meant, but so many things I feel like I know what it means, and then it, it like has some you know has some followers and things like that, and makes some money for people, but never like this, uh, where the New Yorker is making a cartoon about you and you're on the cover of Time. It's that is crazy to me. Um, so it's it is crazy. Yeah. So I, I I don't think there you, I never it was there's no lecture in this movie it is literally what goes on in my head of these two sides of my brain it literally is uh, is is what I hear every day and the people I see every day they're funny they're snarky they're tolls they're all those things um, so when I were, was making it I had been already keeping a list of actors that I love and and people like Ronnie Chang who's on the Daily Show he did this. Uh, Amazing report on uh, on Chinatown during the election as sort of a response to this uh, uh, Waters World segment, um, and and it was so kick ass. It was so confident. It was so unapologetic. I was like, that guy is so cool. He says everything I want to say, um, and so I wrote his name down. I really like that guy. Uh, and then Jimmy O Yang, seeing him in Page Day and um, and Silicon Valley. That guy's so kick ass. He's so confident. He is. He has no fear in what he's doing. So. I write his name down. Aquafina, watching her rap on YouTube. Uh, this, she's so creative. Such Crazy. like out of nowhere. I don't know where she comes. I don't know how the, a creature like that is built. Uh, but you write her name down, and so I knew uh, it, was, it was a group of. It was like this Avengers, Asian Avengers. <laughs> I was Nick Fury building my team. Uh, I knew, and when the book lent, lent itself to this, these kind of characters, so I knew if we had them, it was the perfect sort of canvas or palette to to show everybody. Um, these are the these are the kind of people I already know, um, and uh, and so that to me that experience in itself wasn't a difficult one. That was just what we were doing. Right. And then the difficult part was we got to make a good movie here. We got to make a movie where you sit down, enjoy yourself, forget about the political aspects of seeing your, seeing yourself on the big screen. Like we've got to make, you got to root for her. You got to root for them to be together. You got to root for her to survive this thing. Um, and that was, that's always difficult because you can get lost in no whatever question. you're doing. And it sounds like you had actors who cared really about the movie more than about themselves. Oh, 
Absolutely. From day one. Which is not always the case, as, as we know. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I, th- yeah, I think that they were, I think everyone was such in a state of shock that they got to do this and got to, everyone felt like they had such an important role in this tapestry of characters um, that everybody was so supportive. It was the closest, you know, I always say like my first movie it was step up to the streets. We're all new. I'm su- I'm young. They're young. They've never been anything. It was a very magical. They became my best friends uh, until this to this day. Um, and and I never thought you could repeat that. In this, it felt like my first really? movie. It really did. I felt because mm-hmm. it was a lot of their first movies. Uh, I felt like I was doing something. I, th- I felt like all the other movies. I mean, they were sort of my grad school in a weird way. I had, I got dropped. I never did a commercial. I never did a music video before doing my first studio movie. Hmm. And I did seven in nine years at that time. This is my eighth. Um, and, um, and I didn't have time to do my little independent movie to like find my voice. Right. Everything was, and I feel very blessed. I was given the resources, given the stuff. And I had to learn how to, uh, one, say no to, how to maneuver the studio, how to um, go with things, but not, but, but put my foot down on other things. Like I just felt lucky to be here. I think it was a couple years ago where I was like, no, I, I earned my right to be here now. I, I've, I've missed enough parties. I've, uh, my friends have left me because I, I'm dedicated to the work. And so I've, I've earned my stripes here. So good for you. And is it a wonderful thing or annoying thing to be, looked at often as the spokesperson for all things Asian in Hollywood. Well, I've never been that guy before. No. So this is weird to me. Um, I don't even think about it like that anymore. I'm so proud when I watch this movie. I'm so... When I watched this movie, I didn't... And making this movie is one thing. But when I actually watched it and with an audience, um, all I wanted to do was share the movie. I wanted to show people because if they saw it, I know they'd be like, who's that person? Who's that person? Oh my gosh, I need to look up their stand-up. I need to look up that. Um, and, and they're so badass and they're so cool. Like that kind of, I've never, I've, un- I've understood pride intellectually. I've never understood. And I've understood pride as like looking down and be like, yeah, I'm proud that we're here. I've never understood pride. It's the best way I can describe it is where it lifts you. It's like above you. And it's, it like shows you that how great of uh, your position and how great it is to be you. Wow. And I've never, ever felt that until watching this. And I, every time I watch it, and when I share with the audience, that's, that's so what I great. get so excited about. Wow. Well, en- enjoy that. And uh, I just keep thinking there are these Asian actors who've been dying for a Hollywood movie, and they didn't get the part. <laughs> There's people who didn't get this. And like, if there's I'm a lot not getting this movie, what am I doing there? Fire that agent. <laughs> there's a lot out there. And that's what gives me the biggest hope is because there's so many talented people. They ne- weren't necessarily right for these particular roles. I saw, I wrote already on my other list of names that I'm like, this person's a star. This person's a heartthrob. This person's going to win an Oscar. We need to build a movie around this part. There is a giant list. If you need it, I will share it. Uh, we need stories to put them in. So we can have to have nice. All right. Well, this is amazing. I, I did one of these with you. I think after Step Up 3D, or is it, <laughs> it was. Step 3D? Quite this, a journey. No, this. I, I, you know, you compare, and this is so much better. Um, it in its way, but you love them all, right? I love them you, all. You, you do. You love them all. How did you? When did you know Meg was going to hit last weekend? I want to know that story. 
Friday morning when Thursday hit is what happens. And they said, we were wrong. It's good. <laughs> that was a great feeling. So what did you do? I had a friend who saw the movie. Uh, his friend said, I, I thought John Turtletop would, could do much better. And then my friend said, no, you're wrong. Um, uh, we, it did 43 opening weekend. Wow. And wow. it was, no. It, and... Uh, and it was projected to do 19. And it's, it's it, but it, it's, what that's about, again, same with this, the experts. There are no experts, okay? Yeah. There's, there's good and there's bad. And same with this. There's not the right person for your son. Mm-hmm. There's good people and not good people, right? And there's, there, there are experts. There's people who are right and people who are wrong. And you do what you got to do and you plow forward. You found a tone in this movie which is so hard to do. You had a, a cast of, of 25 leads, right? We kept track of every one of them and knew who all of these people were, what their vibe. We cared about all of these stories, right? It's not just Constance Willie, Rachel's story. It's all of this stuff. And that is so hard to do. And I'm glad it was easy for you, but it, it's a monumental task and a huge achievement, John. Thank so you. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Director's Guild of America, Music is by Dan Wally.